This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. I, th- I think maybe Josh, we should have introduced uh, introduced the whole segment with this because we've done so many prophetic review videos over the years that maybe we just kind of skipped this little piece we of the introduction. It, and yeah. that is, why are we doing this? Are we doing this because we want to just like throw a bunch of people under the bus? Are we doing this because we just want to like elevate ourselves through criticism and looking down our nose at other people? Are we trying to be a quote unquote discernment ministry? Just throw stones? No, it's none of those things. And um, and Miller, you did touch on this a little bit earlier, but. Uh, the scripture commands us in First Thessalonians 5 to test prophecy. So that is what we're doing. You are watching The Remnant Radio, a crowd-funded show where we interview pastors, teachers, historians, and theologians from different churches and denominations. My name is Joshua Lewis, and this is my co-host, Michael Roundtree. Together, we want to help you break outside of your theological echo chambers. If you're interested in learning about history, theology, or the gifts of the Spirit, this is the show for you. Guys, if I was any gooder, I couldn't stutter. You know, we're having a lot of fun here in the new studio, new space, talking theology, talking uh, gifts of the spirit. It's going to be an exciting episode. Before we dive into the program, I want to remind you a couple of uh, crucial things that you should remember. Uh, I'm going to show you their faces for just one moment, but but as I but as I do that, I want to show you our faces in different colors. There's this conference, the Healing and Deliverance Conference, March second through the fourth. I think we got like 25 spots left. So if you want it, you better go get it. Uh, 25 spots? No, that's not right. 50, 50 plus spots, something like that. Uh, you need to go register, register quickly. I said 50 right, spots. We just got a new. We're filming this video now. I'm spots. expecting by the time that it actually goes Did out, we get a new venue? there will be less spots. Huh? Well, we've got a new venue one time. We haven't got uh, two new venue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, well, are we, we on the we second 50, venue? We're at so 295 right now as of today. So we're going to be hitting 350 here pretty soon. Hopefully we can find a different venue. You guys pray for that. Uh, but yeah, we're filling up quickly, which by the way, if you haven't uh, booked your flights, if you haven't booked your hotel, you should do that now because yep. this is a small town. This is not like a uh, like a major central hub. Many of you may be driving from Charlotte because that's that'll be the that's closest hotel you get. Good reminder to me, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, we're doing ministry tickets. out in the wilderness. We're really trying to do it like the John the Baptist. That's what we're really trying to get back to today. We're doing some reviews on prophecy, uh, but before we dive into it, I want to remind you, we're crowdfunded. There's links in the description if you don't support. We wouldn't keep you from it. So uh, PayPal, Patreon, all that good stuff there. Do you guys want to dive in? Just start watching videos? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's dive in. To make it happen. We're going to start with Alexander. Man, his last name, it'll be on screen. I can't pronounce it. I believe the Holy Spirit um, is has impressed upon my heart as to for the year of 2023, and it will be a time uh, in the rise of the Jehus, mm-hmm. um, the rise of the wild ones um, who will be sanctioned by God um, um, to be able to confront uh, systems that have been oppressing God's people, um, and they're not going to have that religious you know, piety and 
policy minded like most of us have that we're always thinking about the rules and the regulations. Now, I'm not talking about a revolutionary, but I am talking about the rise of a reformer. You know, um, it's not called the Protestant Revolution. It's called the Protestant Reformation. Why? Because a revolutionary wants to destroy the system and implement a new system. A, re a reformer uh, wants to upgrade the system. And it can only be done when God raises up someone who has a very militant, no nonsense. I don't care about the, the, the rules and regulations of none of that. All I know is we, we're here to obey God. And these group of individuals are not going to be restrained by religion. They're not going to be boggled down by uh, church tenets and dogma of various uh, denominational, uh, mainline denominations. And I'm not talking about, uh, you, you know, uh, insurrection. I'm not talking about you know, people usurping pastoral and ecclesiastical authority. No, I'm not talking about that because that, that, that's, that's unauthorized. But I am talking about someone who would be fearless, whose personalities, you're going to see the rise of people immensely anointed, but whose personalities are not refined, like Jehu. Jehu, there's a difference between Elijah and then a Jehu. As much as Elijah was bold, he was afraid of Jezebel. Je he just finished confronting 850 false prophets and had them all killed afterwards, right? And then one message from Jezebel and he takes off running. Why? Because in that prophetic group, there, there's this submission to particular rules and regulations. She's the queen mother and he had to run. Jehu doesn't care about none of that stuff. Could care less. You're going to see uh, a wave of digital Jehu's who will be able to confront uh, systems of religion, systems of, of sin, systems of uh, Jezebelic systems, um, and they're going to actually be the ones to actually tear it down. But at the same time, be anointed by God for that task. It's not going to replace the prophetic movement. Remember, Elijah and Elisha were alive during the time of Jehu. Elisha was alive during the time. You don't see God being against Elisha. But Elisha and Elijah played too much into the politics of the church. In 2023, you're going to see a wave of deliverance or just a wave of ministers yeah. who are not going to play those politics anymore. And no one is going to be able to write them off saying, don't listen to that ministry. They're rebellious. People, people are still going to listen to them. Even <laughs> churches where their pastors are against those ministries, their own leadership are still going to listen to these ministers. Why? Because there is a hunger. Yeah, there is a desire in churches. Even churches that don't do uh, revival and have might have lost their cutting edge in this, in this spirit or anything prophetic, you're going to find that even in those camps, there's a group of people that are desiring that. And they're going to, and the only way that that's going to change is going to require there to be a jail. So I prophetically uh, believe that there's going to be a wave of, of raw personality, but anointed to confront systems and shake things up. And no one is going to be able to stop them. And social media will be the means by way by which this is done. Okay. That's the first video guys. Uh, hot takes. What are your thoughts? Anybody want to jump in? Did everyone mute their mic? Everyone? You're, you're moving your lips, but I don't... Yeah. There it well, is. Well, uh, man, I'm still thinking about it. Miller, why don't you go first? Uh, you know, here's, here's what we find every year when we evaluate some of these words. We seldom find any specific claims. Uh, most of them are words that if they happen or don't happen, it would be hard to prove one way or the other. And so uh, when you think about who Jehu is, first off, just for those of you who don't know who he's talking about, this is somebody that was set up as king over Israel after Ahab was removed by Elijah. And Jehu had everybody who worshipped or was, you know, sort of a priest of Baal killed, uh, as well as all Baal worship destroyed. Yet he also failed to remove golden calves and other idols out of Israel. So um, but I think the word that he was saying is he was using that as a prototype for what what's going to be happening in the upcoming year. And again, I hope that's true. I don't know if there's any way to prove it one way or the other because it wasn't specific enough. Like, okay, if you're going to tell me that God is about to remove, 
you know, false religions from the land, the U.S. Like, wh- where is he removing false religions? Because I'm sure that's going to be happening all over. I mean, we at the Remnant Radio are trying to do that all the time. We've been combating things like, you know, progressive Christianity, where people remove the idea of God being judge, or they so redefine it that it no longer exists. So, I mean, that's happening all the time. Um, again, it, it's this is the tough thing about these kind of words is you can always give a vague enough word to where you can't actually know whether or not it's from God. Um, you can always yeah. sort of say that it's true. You guys, what for, do you think? For this one, the reason I played this one first is because I, I kind of like it, right? Um, it, it is vague enough to where if he wanted to backpedal, he could. Like Alexander, and then I think it's Pagani. Is that how you pronounce his name, you think? Sure, yeah. about right. Um, I, he, he could backpedal it if he wanted to. Like, oh, yeah, this really did happen. You know, there well, there's people, no need to backpedal. There's always going to be one person that rises yeah. up and... You for know, sure. Tries to bring but what he's describing is like Protestant Reformation level stuff. Like if someone had given a prophetic word about that, like remember John Huss, like when he's like getting burned alive, he gives some prediction that someone else is going to come in his stead, in his place and, and, and pick up where he left off. And then in the same church, this guy's bones are buried in uh, comes Martin Luther. Now, someone could have been super skeptical with John Huss and gun like, hey, man, it's possible that like this happens in the future. Like with this one, at least like with this word from Alexander, like, yeah, I could be skeptical of the word. And I would be honest, part of me is skeptical about the word. But I do think that at the end of 2023, we can be able to look back and say something as significant of the as the Protestant Reformation has or has not happened. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not trying to put words in. Yeah, this guy's I, mouth. I don't know. I didn't. It's possible. I, I wasn't getting meant, that, but it. It wasn't obvious to me. He said reformers will rise up, but he didn't go so far as to say something like the Protestant Reformation is going to happen. So I think that's where I would kind of maybe on Michael's side, it's kind of like, and like you said too, Josh, like he can walk that back. Like if the Protestant Reformation part two happens, then he can be like, see, I called it. But if it doesn't happen, he can be like, oh, see, there is one reformer over here who, you know, tried to do some stuff and wrote a good book and, you know, and that's what it was. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, of course, he did. He did make it plural. He did make it more than one. Um, but overall, though, overall, I, I mean, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I, and did it resonate with my spirit as though it's true? Um, I, I think that I just wish there was a, even a little bit. I, it's. I liked it because it was more specific than a lot of these other ones we're going to review. Um, like it was specific enough where you know, you could, you could review it in a year's time and, and make a conclusive statement about it, but it wasn't so specific that he couldn't walk it back. Like the John Huss, uh, prophecy you mentioned, like that really, in my opinion, couldn't be walked back. And, um, and so I don't know, he talked about how it's going to happen through social media. That is kind of provable. So I like that. Um, and, you know, some changes would have to happen in social media because if you're in the social media space, if you're running around like Jehu calling out like false religions and these kind of things, I mean, you're going to get flagged by a social media, uh, you know, that you're going to get flagged or banned if you're saying those kind of things. And then even in the category of reformation, I kind of think like what reformation does the church need right now? Okay. Well, well, first of all, um, like the church in Iran and the church in, uh, like Asia, that's like really flourishing, man, they don't need reformation. They just need like, they just need more the gospel. I mean, right. Like the gospel's spreading like crazy there. They're, they're doing awesome. 
probably he's referencing the church in the West. And, uh, and if so, where do we really need reformation? Um, I, I think we need reformation, especially morally, because I think that, you know, church in America is just kind of morally on the same page as, um, as the world in a lot of ways. So, I mean, that, that's like the biggest area. Um, Martin Luther was especially confronting the priesthood. Where do you guys think the church in America needs reformation, specifically the leadership of churches? I mean, a lot have gone affirming that could use it, but like that's kind of already happening. I mean, there's already that divide. So Bro, what do you guys think? I mean, where would a reformation I, even happen? I got a few places. <laughs> yeah, ahead, I, I think of, you start. Well, okay. So we, we've dealt with a lot of these topics. I mean, there's a reason why we're so passionately dealing with these and doing regular episodes on these particular topics. But in the charismatic church, we need more biblical theology and orthodoxy. Like there's new age practices that are sneaking into the charismatic church. There are progressive Christianity elements that are sneaking into the charismatic church because, and their willingness to throw out the Old Testament because they want to see God heal everybody and don't want to accept the idea that God as judge sometimes, you know, this is his judgment. Um, so uh, within the charismatic world, there's reform needed. Uh, also, I mean, there's all kinds of misuse of finances, bad ecclesiological structures, failure to keep accountability, failure to keep accountability for bad prophetic words. There's a lot of reformation needed there. Um, we've got the seeker-sensitive church. Uh, I would say there's a reform needed there. Oftentimes what they're preaching is a moral therapeutic gospel, which is a different gospel. Um, you know, it's a gospel of, of, let me give you several good life lessons um, so that you can feel good about you and raise your kids well, but it has very little do it, to do with the actual gospel, which is a total resurrection and death to self. Um, and then uh, I would say we just have churches that are claiming to be churches that are actually not. They're not yeah. really teaching. So here's though, like, Miller, what I think impressive. is unique. Here's what I think is unique, though, about like our moment in history versus Martin Luther's moment in history. In Martin Luther's day, like the Roman Catholic Church dominated. If you were going to reform anything, yeah. you had to reform everything. But I think what's even like difficult as I think about like what would the next reformation look like is that because of the nature of Protestantism, you get some like heresy movements, they crop up and they go their way, but then you have like the pure church move, movements as well. Like there is also even in the West like a lot of good church there are a lot of good churches and good pastors and good leaders and like, I mean, if you, uh, like good doctrine is upheld, I mean, the Trinity and the justification by faith and the identity of Jesus and the hypostatic unit union and so on. Like, I mean, a lot of churches in America believe these things. So it's like, um, I, I don't know. It's like a weird cultural mo um, moment by comparison, Josh, what do you, what do you make of that? Cause, cause I do, I do think that there is a mass apostasy level, Roman Catholic level apostasy I agree. Like that was happening in the Roman Catholic day. I think, I think we might not be there right now, but man, give it six months. You don't know. Um, I moved to Ada, Oklahoma thinking that my kids are going to be safe in public schools out here in the country, you know, because it, it'll be too far away from the the Western agenda, you know, it won't, it won't reach out here because people, they love the Bible, they love, you know, guns and that, you know, whatever, you know, that's just kind of my expectation of the country we get here. And there's a teacher 
in an elementary school, fifth grade, maybe not elementary school, maybe it's junior high, wearing a dress, a dude. And it's like, what the heck? You know, like, why, why is this a thing? I sit down with a church that we're talking about renting their building for the church plan that we have going. And we sit there, talk to them. And they're like, hey, what's your position on, on you know, the alphabet soup? You know, and I was like, hey, the LGBTQ plus stuff. Bible says it's sin. Um, I'm going to call it sin. I'm not going to budge on that. Turns out they're affirming and wanting to like, put people into pastoral roles. This is a Presbyterian church. I'm a Methodist church. Just did it too. I'm lost dude. Like mainline churches are apostatizing and Miller talked about it. Hey, no judgment. The charismatic space is already being primed to believe that God doesn't have wrath, that God doesn't have judgment. We're going to try to ignore the old Testament passages and, or reinterpret all of them, you know, so that, so that God didn't actually bring any kind of judgment on anyone. Um, all the passages on sexual immorality are being reinterpreted. I mean, I, I think, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's not as quickly, but like just five years oh, ago, it is, quickly. Think of, yeah, it is quickly happening five years ago. It's so quick. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm on a rant I, now. Yeah. Hop in there, Miller. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think we are. I think we are in need of major reform. I think there's pockets of of good Orthodox Christianity, but many of the Orthodox places aren't necessarily pricing gifts either. Um, so I, I I think we're in massive need of reform. Yeah, uh, I, I we may not be a monolith told... like the Catholic Church, but we're widespread. I mean, as far yeah, as the well, and I wonder too if it could come in the form of a of a great move of God that becomes this sort of dividing line of like, are you in favor of this or if, or are you against this? And whatever that move of God is, I mean, it, that even though the, like the landscape was different back then in the uh, days of the Protestant Reformation, there was this great move of God that you were either for or against. And, and what you decided in that, uh, in that case was really a, a matter of, are you for or against Jesus? Uh, right. I mean, the, the Roman Catholics at the time uh, declared basic Protestant doctrines and those who hold them anathema, a curse, damned to hell. So, of course, they've backtracked I mean, on that, Vatican II. Technically, but, the Council of Trent is still in effect, but keep keep going. I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's that's the problem. Well, <laughs> but we digress. So, um, anyway, but my point is, there could be this massive move of God that it, where it's like, are you for or against it? And it's a really determination. Are you for or against Jesus? And man, I pray for that. That would be awesome. So I hope he's right. I hope he's right. In terms of a spiritual sense before the Lord, do I have, do I think that's going to happen this year? Man, I, I really don't know. Do you guys have any sense on that? Cause there, there's, there's aspects of the word where like this could, or, you know, sort of like the window dressing and how he phrased it. And, you know, these can, we kind of talked about that and could this, could this happen theoretically? But now let's just talk on the spiritual sense, like our discernometer before the Lord is the, is the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, man, I think this is true. Or man, are you kind of like 50, 50 on this? What about you guys? Where, where are you at on that? Uh, man, I don't know. I, it's a tough one to tell because you could see God going either way on this. And we've seen plenty of times where persecution becomes normative before there's any kind of revival. I mean, let's take the Protestant Reformation as a case in point. John Huss's prophecy about a Reformation happening was happening when he was dying. He was literally being killed for his faith. Um, and so I, I kind of get the sense that it's got to get worse before it gets better. And I think right now with what we're seeing wholesale is, is, an abandoning of historic Christian morality, an abandoning of historic Christian doctrine. And those two things, uh, I, I think when hardship comes, 
those two things separate the wheat and the chaff. You know who's where, who's for Christ and who's against Christ uh, when that happens. Uh, as it happened in Bonhoeffer's day, as it happened in Luther's day, I think the same right. thing will have to happen here. So that would be like a totally different sort of, that'd be like a different kind of dividing line. You have the great move of God dividing line, and then you have the great move of Satan dividing line, the persecution of the church and who is going to be part of the wheat's getting weedier, the chaff. Well, yeah, and, and those things often go, go hand in hand. That's the thing yeah. is I think those things, those light gets lighter, dark gets darker. Uh, and, and, and that happens so that you can see a visible contrast. Yeah. You, you, you need to see the line. And right now the line is very blurry. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll give you my sense of it guys. And, and I'm probably on the other side of it, like being hopeful, that it's true. Like I want this to be true because our nation needs it. Like I think if you're if you're a cessationist listening to that word, you want this to be true, uh, or at least I hope you do. Um, and, and here's here's my sense is that there's a couple things I didn't hear from this prophetic word. I didn't hear the prophetic calendar from the Jewish numbering system or the Gregorian calendar system. I didn't hear the once again, you're saying that's a good thing for the record as a good thing. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, hear yeah. the regurgitated transfer of wealth that I hear every single year. Every I didn't year. hear oh, yeah. stadiums filled with people like the, the same bogus hollow. Yeah. Somewhere there's going to well, be a stadium filled with people. Yeah, and, sure. And multiplied but besides just the, I mean, just multiply Jewish things, like throw in Jewish things, and it's an accurate <laughs> prophecy. Jewish calendar, Jewish feasts, Jewish, I mean, Jewish, Jewish in the video. I don't Hebrew in the letters. Video. Like, guys, th this is like your your discernometer should instantly go off when somebody's making prophecies about a year based upon secret Jewish knowledge. I, I'm just, if they it's have never a true. Staff it's never true. Hand, that has Hebrew lettering on it, and they're wearing a prophetic prayer shawl with Israel stars on it. Like, I'm, I'm literally okay. describing the person here. Anyway, I'm, no, hey, there's a literal. We'll review we the love, prophetic word. We later. love the Jews as much as anybody. Yeah, we do. At one third but, of Remnant Radio is Jews. So anyway, that's right. um, I just I meant that guy. Just to be clear, yeah, um, Miller's Jewish. Okay. You guys didn't know. Let me let me finish my thought on this. I, all that to say is he's not striking all of the typical like. There seems to be a tribe of prophets, like when I read the Bible, that have have prophesied prosperity and peace in times of not peace. And they seem to be prophesying or, or speaking presumptuously on behalf of the Lord. Um, and, and they are all repeating the same thing. Like that's the indictment in scripture. And I actually get a sense, like when I listen to prophetic words, that it's like, oh, you're part of that group. Like I, we've heard so much prophecy that it's like you can just kind of detect like, Oh, you're the people who are saying peace, peace. And I just don't get that with this guy. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. But I doesn't feel like he's, for a lack of a better term, like accepted the, the leaven of the yeah, day not, when it comes to prophecy. He's not know. going that route. But what he is doing is still, I, I have a problem with it because it's still vague enough to where it, there's no way to it's prove too it vague one way for or you. the other. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I'm sorry. But like, okay, let's take John Huss as the example. Uh, that changed drastically. Let's take George Wishart during the same time period. He's being burned at the stake, and he says, the man who sits you know, from that window over there looking down on me burning on the stake will die as ignominiously as he watches me burn. And then three days later, the man gets stabbed to death in that very window. Um, 
I mean, those are that's called specific prophecy, and it was done in front of a crowd of people. I mean, it was that was as big of a crowd as you would have gotten before the time of social media. Um, and so, these kind of things that we're seeing, I, I'm just as much as I I like the heart behind it, and I hope that what he's saying is true. There's still no way to verify it, and to me, again, it yeah. brings it's so vague that it brings disrepute on prophecy. Yeah, but here's, here's the other that's thing. thing. Here, here's the other thing, guys. Um, we actually can't fully tell, right? Like, not just because we don't know the future. We don't actually, I, I've i looked, I mean, maybe as a statement of faith somewhere. Um, I don't know what he believes. Is he, a, is he a Christian? I mean, I think he is. I'm sure he is. But I have seen as much of you as of him as maybe you have. Like, I, I have we seen know very little clip. about him. I've seen yeah. only this clip. Now, give, I'm not casting aspersions upon his faith by any stretch. I'm simply saying I literally have no idea who he is or about his ministry. So is he a true believer? Uh, and I certainly don't know his character. And these are two tests of prophets. Matthew chapter seven, beware of false prophets. They come to you in wolves and sheep's, as wolves in sheep's clothing. So there's a character test for prophets and, uh, and there's a doctrinal test for prophets. And you got to test the spirits. First John chapter four. We just like, so these basic prophetic tests, we actually can't apply to him. Um, so then there's the content of the prophecy and might that happen, might that not. All of that plays in. It all plays in. But um, I would just say, beware of receiving any sort of internet prophecy from somebody whose character and whose doctrine you don't know. Um, doesn't mean that the guy's wrong. I'm not calling him a false prophet by any stretch. I sure. would expect that he's probably a Christian brother who really loves the Lord and has good character. Probably. But I don't know. And in the absence of knowing that, uh, we have any internet prophet, you got to be careful about. It's just the way it is. In, in all of these prophetic reviews, people who are watching, we're all charismatic, right? So like me, Michael, Michael, we're just trying to be obedient and testing prophetic words as scripture tells us to in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1 Corinthians 14. So that's why we do what we do here. Um, and then secondly, we're assuming that all of these people in these videos, again, have good Christian Orthodox doctrine and fruit. And we're trying to examine these prophetic words apart from those things. You should always make sure you should always do your due diligence um, when, when listening to prophetic words in your own context. But we want you to help, we want to help give you kind of tools to kind of cipher through some of these things. There are people that I believe the Holy Spirit um, is, has impressed upon. That was an accident. Sorry, I pushed that button. There are yeah, people who gonna... have bad character who don't repent for things um, that we would say, Hey, um, you shouldn't trust prophetic words from these people. Um, but we don't, we don't have that with, with Alexander that we're aware of. So uh, we're looking at the prophetic word. Is it plausible? Is it specific? Does it bear witness with us? We're doing the other things that scripture commands us to do when, when, we're, looking, when we're looking at a prophetic word. So um, y'all ready to move on to the next one? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So I've got, I've got Kurt Landry, Chuck Pierce, Mike, Greg Locke, Dr. Michael Brown. Yeah, these are all from charisma if you guys haven't checked uh, haven't recognized that yet the, yeah, charisma, charisma released, released all of these at once all of these so we're just taking yeah. these from charisma one by one okay yeah. cool which one yeah. do you want to do whatever one you want man 2023 Shelby is going to be a year of the transfer of wealth and so when um and the lord showed this to me years ago that it was going to happen this year and it's already happening on many fronts but anytime there's promotion and uh 
everyone's seen this in your life. You know, someone w- wins or gets a, a, a settlement of a large amount of money. If you're not emotionally settled, you're not spiritually settled, and and you're not financially settled with good counsel, uh, you're probably going to lose that money pretty quick. Uh, yeah. And and the other thing about finances is when it comes is that uh, finances will usually accelerate the bad behavior. It will usually not cover it. So so with financial uh, blessings coming, I think this is a good time for some emotional stability, spiritual warfare, maturity, and in addition to that, financial wisdom to how know how to operate with kingdom finance. So that was a very quick video, guys, very quick. But the primary thing was the beginning of 2020, God told them this and he was expecting it to happen in 2020 and he was expecting it to happen in 2021 and he was expecting it to happen in 2022. The great transfer of wealth. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Josh, just to interrupt really quick. So many people. uh, To interrupt you really quick. Did you cut off the transfer? I I didn't hear that, but I may have just not heard it. I heard it when I reviewed it before the show, but I don't know if our viewers heard him say the transfer of wealth. Did did you hear it, Miller? Uh-uh. Okay. You so, go back Josh, to I think you cut off the key part of the word accidentally. Let, let, let's see. Let's see if it's there again. Let me. Let me let 2023, me. Shelby, is going to be a year of the transfer of wealth. And so when um, and the Lord okay. shared this I don't know, man. I heard it. I heard it. I played it back. I, I, I saw I, that beautiful bean footage. It was there. Right. I, think, <laughs> I think Miller and I were probably still talking when you started it. Okay, so the great transfer of wealth. Well, Miller, you or Josh, you actually said this right at the beginning. Like, I'm tired of the transfer of wealth prophecy at the beginning of every year. Every single year. Man, when I heard this, I was like, oh, no, don't say it. Don't say it. It's just, in, in my opinion at this point, and, and I'm sure that he's a good person. I'm sure he loves the Lord. But, like, at, at this point, It's just we're losing credibility in the body of Christ if we keep prophesying this. Um, We need to stop prophesying the transfer of wealth. And it's never happened. It's never happened when people, and every time we say that it's happened, if there's any transfer of wealth that's happening, it is from the poor to the rich. And that's just like a look at a graph. I mean, it's it's just happening. Rich are getting richer. Look at a graph. It's historically happening. It's always been happening. Yeah. So that is definitely happening. But the transfer of wealth, it's usually in the context of like Christians are going to get wealthy uh, or they're going to get the the money from, you know, uh, from sinners who don't know God and that kind of thing. Is it, let me ask you guys this. Did you guys understand the word that way? Is it Christians? Is it a transfer of wealth to Christians or just a blanket transfer of wealth? How did you understand the word? I, I don't know, but it, again, it's a, it's a bunch of nothing either way. Like whether it's Christians getting it or there being a transfer of wealth, that's always happening. Like that's always happening across the board. Uh, I, I just don't understand, uh, regardless of what whether it's one direction or the other, uh, there's no way to test this. Again, it's too vague for it to be meaningful. It's, 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 it, where I look at Alexander's word, one of the things about Alexander's word was like, he's like, this is going to happen. Revolutionaries are going to be raised up. It would have to be an extraordinary amount of these Jehus that start mm. appearing, and we would know. We It would at least... If, if let's just say the greatest surge in, in YouTubers joining and becoming Christians and like taking over the YouTube space, we would like, we would know it happened if it was that dramatic, right? Um, at least part of me thinks that we would be able to detect it. Whereas this is like transfer of wealth. It's like, yeah, that's like saying we're going to, and I love this illustration. We use it every year when we review prophecies, you're going to stop at red lights and you're going to go at green lights this year. That's not prophetic. That's just that's just saying something's going to happen. We all know that's like saying the sky is going to be blue one of these days when you wake up. It's not helpful. It's not clear. Um, and and I think that that's what this this is. This is a a nothing sandwich where a prophetic word is being given 
And there's no way to judge whether it's coming to pass or it hasn't. So uh, I wouldn't even really gauge this one as prophecy. Um, uh, we lost Roundtree. Maybe, maybe he'll hop back on here in a sec. Miller, do you have any other closing thoughts on that? It was a quick video, quick commentary. Should fit. No, it's again, it's I, I, I think we've been doing this now for three years. These prophecy reviews, is it right? Since 2020, so uh, yeah, since 2020 marathon. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Again, I just want to remind our audience, I genuinely love prophecy. Hear me on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we I'm doing a prophetic conference in Cincinnati in um, uh, at the very end of this month, the last week of this month. Um, so obviously, I, I care about these gifts. I, I don't like what I'm seeing on the YouTube sphere and on many prophetic conferences. What I'm seeing is not helpful. And then on top of that, I'm seeing people fake it. People who are looking yeah. up facts on uh white pages and facebook and things like that and so um it, it's my love for the lord and love for the gifts in general like i think the gifts he's given us are good um that wants me to that, that causes me to and compels me to speak out against these kind of prophetic words because this isn't helpful and yeah. i'm i'm shame on charisma for putting this out there yeah and and michael's back with us in case anybody was wondering um the uh i think the long and short of it like you said you know miller the, this kind of thing causes people only to despise prophecy. It'd be one thing if you give a national level word that's like, this nation's going to do this thing, this nation's going to do that thing, this leader is going to do X, that leader's going to do Y. At the end of the year, we'd be able to know if it happened or not. Even if it was wrong, we'd be able to know. These kinds of things, these predictions, I mean, they're not even that. They're just, they're just nothing. So we, if you're going to give a national word, give a national word or a, a global word that's applicable in some way. Otherwise, leave prophecy where it belongs, which is like the edification of individuals in the church. I think that there, to some measure, we can say that it's just not that normative to be giving these like national level words. At least it doesn't appear to be. I mean, and if it is, these guys aren't doing it. Um, the vast majority of these youth two prophets are not doing that. Roger, yeah. do you have any other closing thoughts on that one before we click another one? Yeah, and I, th I think maybe, Josh, we should have introduce, uh, introduced the whole segment with this because we've done so many prophetic review videos over the years that maybe we just kind of skipped this little piece we of the introduction. It, and yeah. that is, why are we doing this? Are we doing this because we want to just like throw a bunch of people under the bus? Are we doing this because we just want to like elevate ourselves through criticism and looking down our nose at other people? Are we trying to be a quote unquote discernment ministry, just throw stones? No, it's none of those things. And, um, and Miller, you did touch on this a little bit earlier, but uh, the scripture commands us in First Thessalonians 5 to test prophecy. So that is what we're doing. And we're testing the prophecies that are the most relevant to anyone that believes in prophecy and even those that don't, because these are national level prophecies. These are prophecies that are being heard by thousands, if not millions of people that we're reviewing. So we're reviewing them because the scripture commands us to, and we're reviewing specifically these because certainly collectively, these prophecies are affecting millions of believers and our desire is to see prophecy in its purity and so we are testing it just as the scripture commands us uh we don't think of ourselves more highly than any of these people we don't think that we're no. uh, by by any stretch and uh in fact um 
the the one person that we know that we will review, uh, Michael Brown, we actually have a high opinion of Michael Brown. And uh, some of the others we just don't know personally. We're just testing their words. But uh, I just want to say that because we're, we're not a discernment ministry. We're not stone throwers. We're simply testing prophecy because we want to see this expressed in a pure fashion for the edification of the body of Christ. That so with that said, said, yeah, that being said, ahead. can we watch the Dr. Brown video? Because yeah. you said you don't want to throw rocks. I want to play this video and I want to throw rocks um, because I do not think what was done here was appropriate. I haven't reached out to Dr. Brown. Hold, hold I'm on. Going to, well, I, but it's not going to be I a do rock not at like, Dr. Brown. All right, no, it's go. not at I'm Dr. Not Dr. Brown. It, at it's Brown. how, it's how what he said is packaged by others, right? Yeah, they, they, they asked him a question in an interview, and then they put it up on the 2023 prophecy. Like, they they are misrepresenting what he said. He didn't say this yeah, is a prophetic okay. word. Anyway, let's play the video. Yeah, I just want to be clear. You're not throwing stones at Brown. You're throwing stones at Charisma, who did this video. Yeah, I think I think Charisma is getting clicks because Dr. Brown gave a prophetic word, and he's never done that before. I, I do not like yeah. it. Anyway, let's watch this real quick. Now, I, I personally believe that the shaking that we've been in for a few years is going to continue. That just as the nation is massively divided politically now, and, and just as the ideological divide between left and right is going deeper, and the divide between the believer and the world going deeper, I believe God is going to continue to shake the things that we're putting our trust in outside of God. Uh, so many of us look to the political system. Uh, many of us, white evangelicals in particular, look to President Trump. We, 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 are, we are looking to earthly institutions to accomplish the will of God. And while politics is important and we stay involved in politics, ultimately, the shaking has to get to the point that the only one that we look to is God. And that even, even many of the things within the church, I don't say this to throw stones, but we've had so many scandals. And this is another reason people are leaving the church in question. I have a whole chapter in, in, in the book, Why Have So Many Christians Left the Faith, about scandals and how we handle them. It's like, who do we trust? What do we trust? Everything seems so unstable. Normal life just doesn't seem to exist anymore. It's very, it's very unnerving. It's very unsettling, but it's very healthy because it gets us to be kingdom-oriented, eternity-oriented people living in this world. So I personally expect the shaking to continue, but I also expect fires of revival to be ignited more and more around the nation. See, I, I don't think that is for one second, Dr. Brown giving a prophetic word, and I feel like they packaged it as if it was. I think Michael Brown is reading the tea leaves here. I think he's like looking at history, looking at society and realizing. <laughs> that sounds like prophecy. Tea leaves don't, don't is the wrong that. term. <laughs> You know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. You know Sorry, keep going. Say, say it again. But it's an expression. You're saying he's just no. looking at the news. He's looking at what's yeah. happening. And it's just kind of obvious to anyone with eyes. Like, the, the, this is going to have to, like, burst somehow. Like, this pressure <laughs> that everybody feels can't just build forever, build forever with no resolution. It will lead somewhere. And that that's his point, is, like, this shaking, like, it's... It's going to have an end outcome, and until that end outcome, it's only going to build. And I, I think that's not a prophecy. I think that's an observation, and yeah, I think it's an observation it's that is really if obvious to thinking people. If you're if you're one who thinks about things, that's obvious. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Roundtree, that's no different than what I said earlier about how often what you need is persecution before revival. Um, and that's not me making a prophetic word. That's just me observing the past and the status of things currently in our country and saying, here's probably what we need. It's just a diagnosis, not necessarily prophetic. But this does kind of show us again, though, the kind of, the kind of prophetic thirsty culture we're in, right? That this would be, this would be, you know, presented as a prophetic word next to a bunch of other prophetic words, 
right? That, that we are so thirsty for, um, the next new word, the next new revelation, that, that something that's not prophecy is being presented as prophecy. It kind of shows you the problem with the, with what we're swimming in right now. I don't think we realize how far the charismatic movement has gone when it comes to prophetic stuff like this. Um, as in like just nothing sandwiches, not actually prophecy that, that they're able to just throw something forward. That is an observation about the world around us. And it's being portrayed as prophecy. It, it's just frustrating to me. Um, when there's an underlying, belief get too, yeah, uh, there's an underlying belief on all of this, that because I say these words and I consider myself a prophet, then therefore that means these things are going to happen. Um, some people you like know, you're they call creating it prophetic it is what you mean yeah well they think that yeah. they think that that's what faith means you make these prophetic declarations and that somehow you know worlds create our words create worlds and so that's kind of the yeah. the thought in that, many of these environments not entirely sure that's where these guys are coming from i know that's not where brown would come from uh based on everything i've heard him teach in the past and i would imagine on some level he would probably be, be kind of disappointed at how his own word words which aren't prophetic are being packaged as though they are. And yeah. I don't think well, that was his intention. I don't know. I think we're all in agreement that that's probably what happened with Dr. Brown, that probably he's just making an observation. Uh, and part of that is rooted in, he said, I personally believe that dot, dot, dot. That sounds like he's not even trying to prophesy. Well, I, I think we know to him be fair too. To so. charisma, we don't actually know. What if, what if he was asked the question, like, what's your prophecy for the coming? We don't know. We're just saying that it looks like this, and 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 if he was just saying what he thinks is probably going to happen, we sh this shouldn't have been packaged as a prophecy. Uh, Here's now, what Miller, I'm on your about. point, I'll reach out to Brown before we publish this and see if I can get an answer because I bet you I can get an answer before we publish this on Wednesday. Yeah, I like that. But he, here's here's my gut though, guys. Is uh, I I that's not what happened. Like I just I do I don't think. And what I, what I think is going to happen is Dr. Brown will say something like, "I've never given a national prophetic word," and then some heretic hunter will play that video from Charisma and say, "Look, Dr. Brown's lying." I I I I do not like the the kind of situation he's been put in here. And and I will edit this. I'm just if trying Dr. to give Brown says otherwise, brothers and sisters the it. benefit of the doubt. Hi there, this is Josh from the future. Uh, the video that you're watching was filmed on Monday of this week. I sent an email out to Dr. Brown's team Monday, actually while we were still filming the interview. Uh, and then on Tuesday, I got a response from Dr. Michael Brown and his team. Uh, so this is what the email reads, how it reads from Dr. Michael Brown. I did an interview for Charisma about Christmas. Then I was asked what I expected for the coming year. I shared what I personally believed, using my language carefully, and we could expect in the coming years based on what seems self-evident to me spiritually. If I had a thus saith the Lord for 2023, I would have shared it if the Lord directed me to, but that was not the case. So yes, I was merely predicting with logic uh, how I expected the future to unfold. So that is from Dr. Michael Brown, email that he sent me. So, so this is what we can gather from this. I am taking data that Dr. Brown, I asked him, hey, did you give a prophetic word? He responded to me. 
He is not throwing rocks at Charisma. He has not given an opinion. I, I didn't ask him to give an opinion on how he thought his quotes were being used and if they were in context or out of context or any of those things. So I do not want to create any unnecessary conflict or strife between Dr. Brown and Charisma. Uh, but I, Josh Lewis and Remnant Radio, uh, want to say that what Charisma did was out of line to take a clip out of a video and then portray it as if it was a prophetic word. That's wrong. It's disingenuous. Uh, and it really, it doesn't put Dr. Brown in good light uh, because if these things don't come to pass now he's giving false prophecy you can see how these things would uh, would be considered by heretic hunters weaponized against him and I think we have to be very careful when someone says this is what I expect to happen in the new year versus uh, thus saith the Lord God has revealed this thing to me uh, one can be instinctual one can be uh, expecting a natural unfolding of historic events uh, that we can use our own logic to come to uh, that or to ascertain that kind of prediction whereas the other prophecy is is claiming that God has given me a revelation that needs to be tested and I need to be held accountable to it if it's not prophecy so again uh, not super thrilled with charisma with the way that they've packaged this, uh, but I also uh, am not saying that Dr. Brown has any opinion on on how this was being repackaged. So that's that. Back to your usual programming. Yeah. Uh, on that note, let's play another prophetic word. Cool. We're in for some incredible visitation. That's the first thing you want to understand. And this breath of heaven is blowing down. It's, a, it's almost like a new baptism is happening in us to ready us and prepare us for what's ahead. So the word itself means breath. It means voice. And so this whole in, entire decade that we're living in is about the voice that will be heard. Whose voice will be heard? How will we listen to what we hear? And I don't mean just God's voice. We're watching political changes and we want to listen to the voice that brings forth the uh, incredible strategy for our future. And so with that, you have to look at each year. Last year was about how to uh, build your house for the future. This year is about in the midst of this whole season, that is a war season, and let me explain that. You have God breathing from heaven, but you have the dragon here in the earth rising up and breathing fire. And we're caught right in the middle of that dynamic. That's why you're sensing all of the stress that's going on around you. And yet, in that midst of that, God says, just like he said in Revelation 12, in every new era, every new birth, hide yourself for three years so that the enemy can't rob your identity. So with that, I believe this third year is of utmost importance for us to establish our identity. That's why this book was so important uh, on the King's Signet Ring. We have to establish our identity. But this year in this war season, because pay is also linked with Passover. I wrote a book uh, for you on the Passover prophecies. Every Passover during this 10 year era becomes very, very important for us to recognize what's happening around us. And so with that, also, it's a war type season. We are moving past the enemy and we have to cross over. We have to cross over in new ways. We have to cross over. And what this year is about is our, our divine recovery. When you look at the words that's linked with the year of Gamel, it's about uh, a divine recovery. It doesn't matter. You can operate in our calendar system, but you're still going to be in three. So when you go to three, prophets have to understand symbol. You're going to see it's linked with supply. It's going to it's linked with recovery. And actually, Gamel was a camel that was coming. And therefore, this year is about opening up new supply lines. So we're in this war over the supply for our future. But you want to understand God's already giving you authority to multiply either what you have or to find new sources to multiply. And so this year, the warfare comes. How will we fill the house with the supply that will sustain us in years to come? So I want to encourage all of you, think multiplication. 
Think uh, creativity. Don't let the world produce fear in you because that creates an unsound mind. You've got to keep thinking creatively so you keep expanding your thought processes and keep walking through the tumultuous times we're in. Well, fellas, your thoughts? Golly, let me just read off the notes I jotted down. Okay, so this whole decade that we're in is a decade of hearing the voice, but not just the voice of God. This part was confusing to me. Uh, The political voices, just voices that we need to listen to to get a strategy. So if I'm getting a strategy from some kind of voice, I hope it's the voice of God, but he says not necessarily. I don't know. Uh, I would just want to ask him clarity, uh, what he meant by that. Um, so last year was how to build a house for the future. I didn't, I wasn't aware that that's what last year was about. Um, the dragon, oh, you're not reading is, the calendar dates, Michael, right? The dragon is persecuting and we're, uh, and breathing his fire. We're caught up in that. So he started quoting revelation 12. And then when he said that every, with every new birth, there's a three years of hiding. It seems like he's taking revelation 12 on that, where there's a three and a half year period where, um, where the woman is caught up into the wilderness. So it seems like he's making that, um, you know, some interpreters will take revelation 12 as that three and a half years speaks of the entire church age. Some interpreters will take the three and a half years to speak of just the great trip, what they would call the great tribulation at the very end before, uh, Jesus returns and there've been various ways of interpreting that, but this is the first time I've actually heard the interpretation that there's like a three year rotation, uh, that we go through. If I'm understanding what he said correctly, um, this is a year. So if last year was a year of building the house, this was a year of divine recovery. Um, so did we build the house and now we're recovering and rebuilding the house? I, I don't know. I'd be curious to ask about that. Three is the number of supply. I don't see that at all in the scripture. I don't know where he got that. He did say three is also the year of recovery. Um, maybe if you're understanding three is tied to resurrection, I do agree that there is um, three as uh, that there are, there is prophetic symbolism uh, all throughout the scripture. That's definitely true. Um, I don't know the Kate, the baker and the cup bearer, there was a three-day period for both, but one was like recovery and the other was total loss. The guy died. So I, I don't know where he's going with that. New supply lines, uh, and there's going to be a war over new supply lines. I don't know if he means geopolitical war. Uh, there's uh, maybe, maybe he means spiritual war, uh, but over supply lines, what kind of supply lines? Are we having a spiritual war over supply of the Holy Spirit? I think we have the vast supplies of the Holy Spirit for the church. He dwells inside of us as living water. We have to figure out how to, how we fill the house with the supply. Uh, guys, I, Chuck is a Christian brother. I'm sure he's doing great things. To me, this is, this is really vague and it's really hard to understand. It would be impossible to prove right or wrong. Um, there are so many things I have questions about his tie-ins to the scripture, um, have no interpretive basis. Um, I, I'm not comfortable with a fast and loose interpretation of scripture where we just kind of apply it to circumstances that it does not appear to apply to. Um, you know, having an understanding of three years that's never been seen in, in church history. Um, man, I, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I, I feel like this should not be prophesied. I feel like we're not representing God well 
when we put the Lord's name on a prophecy like this. Um, I, that's my opinion. Guys? Miller? Hey, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's the same stuff, man. <laughs> It, it is the same stuff, man. It's and that, that's why it's like, hey, Josh, go find some prophecy review videos. It's like I could play three years ago's prophecy reviews, and it'd be the exact same thing as this year's prophecy reviews. Like, it's hard to even want to go find prophetic words given for the year. Like, he's if you haven't been paying attention, there's this whole literature now. There's this whole ecosystem of prophecies. He's like talking about the mouth. He's talking about the house. He's talking about all of this stuff has to do with the numerology found in the Jewish calendar system or the Gregorian calendar system. And they're making these like extravagant prophetic words based off of numbers. And that's not how prophecy works. Um, it's unfortunate. Like I, it, there was nothing there of substance. He's been prophesying vague words and words that do not come to pass for years. Um, I, okay. But Josh didn't, uh, now someone might say, well, he, he prophesied, uh, what was it? Massive plague-like conditions mm -hmm. coming over the world in 2019. Too. Yeah, yeah. He predicted hey, talk it about alongside that. I know you have some... 30 other things that didn't happen. Chuck Pierce predicts so many things that he'll eventually get it right and be able to clip a video and put it out there. But the 600 other things that he predicted that weren't that were going to happen didn't happen. It's like if I just make a list of things and start predicting geopolitical events that take place and I only bring to surface the events that actually happened, then that, I mean, hooray. Um, I, I, the, his hit a group of people who said they, they went and found all of the prophetic words that matched in 2020. We went back and dug up all of that source material and found all of the full quotations. And he was for every one thing that seemed to be true, it was buried under a mountain of things that were so vague or things that just factually did not happen. Um, you go watch our 2020 prophecy review video. You can, you, you'll see all of the, the content there. I mean, it was three years ago. I can't, I can't pull uh, it all up. How many minute, hits does it's disappointing. this video on YouTube have? 44,000 views. 44,000. This has okay, been out for probably two days. a couple days, two days. Yep. Yeah. It has 44,000 views. I, I'm like, I'm shocked because it means that there's a, this is what, what I said. Is there a need for a reformation? Yes. This yeah. is the charismatic church today. It's this kind of stuff that, that there's a reason why the cessationist has camp has so much strength behind and so much force behind what they have to say is because this stuff lends them credibility. This isn't helping, and, and I look, man. I, I would be happy to eat my own words on this. Is is this put out by Charisma, like the organization Charisma Magazine? Charisma, correct. Okay, uh, we we know the publisher for that, don't we? Do we know the publisher? One of the guys that works for Charisma that's on the publishing, right? Don't we? Oh, I think you're thinking of Destiny Image. Uh, okay, maybe not. Well, I I can say this. If there's somebody out there from Charisma that hears this, I would be happy to eat my words on this if you can show me how this is actually helpful. How is this helping the body of Christ, and how is this making the charismatic church look any more credible as a, a witness, a prophetic witness um, to the body of Christ at large? Please, I, I, I'll be happy to eat my words. Just please show me something. 
Um, and I would be happy to print all of those words off on eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and eat them right alongside Miller. Um, I just, yeah. I don't think you can do it. Like I just, I will, I will eat physical paper if I have to, I really, I'll put my money where my mouth is, if you will. I just, yeah, I, the, 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 the strongest cessationist argument is poorly practiced charismatics. And I, I just feel like they're throwing fuel on the fire at this point. Okay. Okay. 51 minutes yeah. guys. One more or are we done? Uh, one more. And then I gotta, I gotta get off. So. Okay, this Greg Locke one's pretty short. Let's watch this one. I've really been seeking into the Lord about the word acceleration because it seems like God's work is just accelerating. The churches that are experiencing growth, it's not happening on a small scale. It's happening on a massive scale and it's happening quickly. So God is doing these, these book of Acts suddenly moments, right? And so I've been pressing into that phrase suddenly because these people would have plans and prayer meetings and then the Holy Spirit would just suddenly show up and change everything. 3,000 get saved, 5,000 get saved and the church would grow so exponentially. And so I'm, I'm seeing God accelerate in these last days and get people ready. It's almost like the 10 virgins, right? They all had their lamps, but only five of them were wise enough to have the oil. And regardless of what you believe on when Jesus is going to come again and what that looks like as far as your prophecy or eschatology. Here's the point. We have to be ready. Lift up our eyes. Our redemption draws nigh. We're 2,000 years closer than they were and they <laughs> thought it was going to be right around the corner. And yeah. so we have to be ready and we have to understand that God has positioned the church as the pillar and ground of the truth and we have to stop not just compromising. We have to stop being embarrassed, explaining things away and apologizing for the power of the gospel. We have to because there is a tension and I think in 2023, the tension is going to get greater and greater and greater to the point people are going to have to choose sides, right? How long halt ye between two opinions? Jesus even said, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. You're either for me or you're against me. And people are going to have to figure out, you're either going to get hot or you're going to get cold. But if you're lukewarm, no, God's going to spew you out of his mouth. So people ask me all the time and I, and I jokingly answer, and it really it's not that much of a joke. They say, well, how do I know when I'm supposed to leave my church? I say, when you have to ask me that question, because so many people go to some lukewarm church where there's absolutely no growth whatsoever. And they're fighting the same traditional battles they fought for 20 years. And I'm like, look, God's done with that. He is accelerating a move of God and you either get involved or get out of the way. And I believe that's the word for 2023. God is going to accelerate growth in the kingdom and we have to be ready for it. Stop apologizing for it. Step into it. Well, Michael, do you have any uh, thoughts, Roundtree? I, I am, I am upset that Greg Locke is. I mean, Charisma has, they have a massive subscription base and huge view. I mean, like, they have a lot of influence. Like Greg Locke, I'm sorry, but I mean, if you just look at his character, I mean, look what he does. He is mean. He is so mean. He's disqualified as an elder. The scripture says the Lord's servant is not quarrelsome. Now, quarrels to be quarrelsome that doesn't just mean that like, hey, it's it's wrong to disagree and you have to be a pushover. That's that's not what it means. But Greg Greg Locke is going around and picking fights. I mean, with everybody, he is mean. He is harsh and um, just brutal. And uh, he has brought he he has wedded politics and religion and to a degree that's that's extremely uncomfortable are the gospel should very much influence our politics there's no doubt about that uh but man he seems to just put the the two on the same uh exact level and um i mean gosh i i don't know i'm not an expert on his personal life i know that i i know there was a season when he's like he was accused of extramarital affairs, got a divorce, uh, or an extramarital affair, got a divorce, and then a really short time, like if I remember right, weeks later, 
got married to somebody, the person that he was accused of an affair with. Like, there's just all kinds of red flags on this guy, and it's just character, character. And, um, man, just independent of anything else, he's, I mean, sure, yes, we, we need to be ready for Jesus' return. Um, that's definitely true. But um, we need to stand up for truth, and uh, that's definitely true. But why are we giving him a platform? This guy needs to be robbed of a platform. He needs to, to go, I don't know, just not be in front of people for a long time. Uh, so that's my opinion on Greg Locke, and I, and I just wish Charisma did not promote or platform him in any way whatsoever. I know so little about him because I'm not on Twitter, Michael, so... I don't. I don't know anything about that. At con- I'm glad that you know that, but uh, I would also say that the the word itself is is along the lines of what Brown said. Like, there's things are going to be shaken, uh, and they need to be shaken so that people can stop putting their hope in false uh, idols. Um, I, I think this is this is along the same lines, um, but again, it doesn't seem prophetic to me. It seems like a word of obvious. It's like you know somebody who's got a, a pair of crutches they probably need healing that's not you getting a prophetic word it's the word of obvious uh, and so again i'd put this in the category of not helpful um and maybe it's like kind of sobering truth um yeah they, that there's you know there's some confrontation and the dividing line that needs to be taken and we got to take a stand on one side or the other um, but being lukewarm about it is is a decision in and of itself i would agree with that sentiment i wouldn't call it prophetic yeah, Josh. Amen. Any other <laughs> thoughts, fellas? I'll tell you one other thing. I just looked at the video. So we're three days out of when this was published by Charisma News. You can go look at it on YouTube. It's got 54,000 views, three days. So this is what people are paying attention to when they come into the new year. They, they Christians are going to prophecy like horoscopes, and they're doing a YouTube search mm-hmm. on 2023 prophecies. And what they're getting is exactly what they're looking for. They're getting their 2023 horoscope painted in Christian language. Yeah. That's Not really wrong, what guys. it looks I'm, like. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I came off extra spicy. We just got done with a Roman Catholic video, and I came into this video, and I'm like, I'm, I'm frustrated with the way things are. So that has come off in this video more than it typically does. Obviously with me videos. as well. Uh, yeah. so I, I have to say on the front end, like, I'm, I'm sorry if things got out of hand there. Uh, I, this is, if, if we could do one thing in our whole life, like, I don't expect that, that when I look at my life, that it's going to be a Luther or a Spurgeon or a Calvin. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have any grandiose illusions of grandeur when it comes to how my life could be spent. But if in any way, we could spend our lives seeing the charismatic movement take care of the gift of prophecy. I want to spend my life attempting to do such a thing. Like I just, I, I so believe this is a good and precious gift that God has given the church to edify and encourage and to build up. But what we have now is such a shell of what that could, that ever was, you know, people, people don't even, they don't honor it. They don't trust it. They don't believe in it. Like we're, we're hurting people left, right, and center over these things. The, the body of Christ is the charismatic space. The prophetic abuse is running amok. I've got friends that are apostates, others who are a cessationist because of these kinds of abuses. Uh, and they were, they were good friends of mine. And, uh, man, I tell you, uh, we, we've got to do better. Uh, so 
in one sense, I'm sorry that my language has been aggressive, but in another sense, I hope that it wakes you up. Um, I guess it's not kind of sound like Paul, right? Like if, if it caused you to mourn to repent, then I'm, I'm glad about it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Miller, you got to get some steaks off the, the grill. You know, right? It's my birthday, bro. I'm going to get some steaks off the grill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy birthday We're so to glad you, man. That Thank you fellas. and Michael Roundtree are already in your 50s. You look good for your age, bud. Uh, you. 50s. Look good. Getting old. Getting old. Getting old. <laughs> anyway, guys. I love you guys. Right, I'll guys. see you later. Blessings, dude. All right. Thanks, everybody. Well, uh, that wraps it up for the episode of Remnant Radio. So glad you guys could join us. And uh, if you like this video, hit that like button. Uh, hit that subscribe button and maybe even hit that donate button. You can look in the description of the video and you can find uh, through either Patreon or PayPal. Uh, you can donate recurringly as little as $5 a month or a one-time basis through PayPal. And if you're one of our audio podcast listeners, which is a lot more of you, sorry, Josh, I saw you just put up that bit, that graphic. Well, half of you guys are listening to audio, so you never see our descriptions. So Maybe just visit YouTube, check out our description, and you could make a little donation if you found our videos helpful. So now, Josh, you can put that graphic back up. Make sure you sign up for the uh, the Remnant 2023 Healing and Deliverance Conference from March 2nd to March 4th. We already had to upgrade a venue, create more space. We have maybe 50 spaces left, and uh, we're still few months away so uh definitely make sure that you book that that information too is in the description of the video uh josh did i miss anything on that no no you are 100 correct uh, additionally uh if you're on podcast you have a show description there in the podcast as well so you should have active links on your podcast app spotify itunes google play all that stuff all so right. uh, even if you are on the spotify we got you covered all right cool well guys thanks so much for joining us god bless you and have a great week want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek and Hebrew. And you need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description, and you can use the promo promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classroom. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.